You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to McIntyre's Next Level Podcast, a place for entrepreneurs, leaders, and dreamers to awaken and be activated to their full potential. Are you ready to get out of the boat and experience your next level? Here's your host, Michael McIntyre. Welcome, everybody. Michael McIntyre, your most humble host here at the McIntyre Next Level Podcast. How are you doing today? Hmm? How's your heart? Listen, we're going to do some real talk today. Yeah, we always do real talk, right? We do. We really do. Sometimes, sometimes it gets like, whoa, that was really real. If you're a first-time listener, thank you for being here. If you're a loyal listener, listener, I should say, thank you for being loyal. Hey, be sure to uh, you know subscribe and share and rate. Uh, yeah, because we want to spread the word, man. We we do, you know. So, anyways, thank you for listening. I appreciate all newcomers. And I appreciate all loyalty. So, here's what we're gonna talk about today. We're gonna talk about some maybe some controversial things. Yeah, why not? Hey, Jesus was controversial at the time. Did I say that right? Jesus really, he really upended the status quo, did he? Not. I think he did. And thank you for doing that, Jesus. Thank you for climbing on that cross and being our Savior. Come on, somebody. Can I get an amen? All right. So I want to talk to both men and women in the audience because it really is important. And I see this happening from the front row. And I think it's really important to talk about this. You know, I'm a big Ben Shapiro fan. I listen to him nearly every day when I'm running, but there's other podcasts I listen to too, which is nothing to do with politics. It's all about Jesus. It's all, which I think is good is, is to get a diversity. Yeah. Listen to different things, but all right. So one of the things that Tucker Carlson had interviewed Andrew Tate, which Andrew Tate's kind of controversial and he's in jail over in Romania or something. And he's, he's kind of strange, and I'm not going to judge him because I don't know him. I just hear things about him. Uh, at any rate, talking about marriage and toxic masculinity. And so I, I just want to touch on this for a little bit because I think it's really important. You know, um, Stacy and I are blessed with three amazing, beautiful daughters. We've got two amazing son-in-laws. And, uh, you know, we've been through the gamut with all this, and... I think, and I see, you know, I mean, Stacey and I are involved in churches. I do a lot of coaching and, and um, with young men, and um, uh, Stacey and I do with young women, uh, and we see a pattern. So I just want to address this thing, because I really think it's important. I do see a lot of people waiting to get married for a long time, and I think one of the things people always say, man, McIntyre, how did you become successful? I mean, you didn't go to Princeton or Harvard or Brown, or, and I didn't. <laughs> I didn't even go to University of Texas, which is a great school. Uh, I went to Arkansas State University, you know, while I was in the United States Air Force working in the Strategic Air Command Division. And so, yeah. Uh, so how did I get there? Well, one of the reasons I got there is being married. And I got married at 24. Stacy was 21 years old. And I know there's people out there right now that are listening to this, some of these young men, and maybe you have somebody in your life that's like this. Just send them this. Uh, let them listen to this. And if you're a young man uh, and you're, you know, 45 and younger, uh, you know, I know some of you don't think that's a young man, but, you know, anything under anything under 35 to me is a young man. But if you're 45 and single, man, 
it's going to be tough. It just is because your expectations are out of whack. And uh, now I'm not saying if you're a widow, widower or a divorcee that that's the case. But if you've never been married by the time you're 45, 44 years old, the odds are against you that you're going to find the person that you want if you're a man. And I'm telling you this because, uh, you know, what I've seen and what I've seen on the front row is you have a distortion of what you're able to receive. And I, I'm going to digress here in a little bit, but I, let me talk to the Gen Zs and the millennials. Okay. Here's another thing. And the millennials I know are in their forties now, early, early forties. But if you're a millennial, if you're, if you're, if you're 35 and under and not married as a male, you got some issues to deal with. And one of the issues is your expectations. And sometimes we have these unrealistic expectations. And I think it's because, of the, you know, one of them is pornography. Okay, I'm not judging anybody. I'm not telling you that everybody goes out there and looks at pornography. I'm not saying that. But that is a factor in some places, especially in the secular world and also in the Christian world. Let's be real. Okay. And so there's unrealistic expectations that way. Uh the other thing is we have an idealistic view of what we really want. And I think our ideology is really skewed to uh, having the perfect person or the, the famous quote as the soulmate, which to me is garbage. Okay, I don't believe that. I believe God brings a lot of people into your life at different times. And I think we have a distorted view. And I think the older we get, we get more of a distorted view. And so when you're young, like Stacy and I were, uh, I mean, Stacy was 19 when I first met her. Uh, we, we dated for a year, a little bit over, yeah, a year, and we were engaged for six months. And I think that was a long time, but we were very young. And uh, did I have any money? No. I was just starting in sales. I was doing good at sales. I mean, it was 1985 when we got married. In 1984, I probably made $300,000, which was good money. I was really talented at what I did. I was just good at it. Uh, but we weren't rich, so to speak. So, um, and so anyways, the point I'm making is I think when we're young, I think we, infatuation has a lot to do with things and it really does. I think it does. And I think that comes, you've got to be attracted to somebody. And so sometimes men have a distorted view of what they want their wife or their fiance to look like or to act like. Uh, and I just think that's an issue. And I think it's led to a lot of things that are distorted. And that's why you've got men who are 45 years old, uh, not married. And, I'm, you know, you've got to be able to do a really serious self-assessment and have a self-awareness. One of the things Stacy and I do is when we're coaching people, we say, listen, everybody's got blind spots. I've got them. Stacy's got them. Everybody's got blind spots. And so we have people go out to the people they'd love and trust. And there's usually only just maybe two, maybe three max people in your life other than your spouse that you really trust 100%. That if you tell them something that they're not going to go whisper it to somebody else at a party or at a you know Bible study or you know at a cocktail party. They're not going to you know say anything. There's only very few people that you've got you 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 really should have that trust with or have that trust with. If you say no, I trust all my friends 100%, you know, I think you're being um 
naive. Uh, not that they have malice against you, but just people talk. People like to share things, even in the Christian community. So find your blind spot. What is your blind spot? Assess yourself. You know, if <laughs> you know, if you think you're like, you know, Bradley Cooper or Brad Pitt, but you're really not, okay, and you think you should have the, you know, uh the best looking, beautiful you know, prom queen, you know, the, the most gorgeous blonde or brunette out there, fellas, okay? And you, you, you're, you know, you're not assessing yourself correctly. Now, I, you know, and I know this, some of this might hurt, okay? But it's intended to, because I want you to wake up. And I, I don't care, you know, and then if you are, if you do have, if you are blessed with that, that appearance and you're not married, that's because you've had too many opportunities and you've squandered them. That's right. I said it. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, you know, and then you're probably too immature to notice that. And so you've got a major blind spot and look, you know, at, there's the, there's, there's a diminishing, there's a Delta, right. And there's a Delta. If you know what a Delta is, it means the optimal time in life, like in business, when you take, okay, I've got, I've got a hundred thousand dollars to spend on marketing and here's the product and the product costs X amount of dollars. Where's the delta to hit the price on marketing this product and the cost of goods sold and, and the how many we got to sell to hit that mark where we break even and then go above that? That's the delta. The older you get, okay, the higher the delta is going to be. So if you're over 30 years old and never been married, okay, and I'm talking to men here, okay, your delta is increasing and you're going to have a harder time because of your expectations. And your expectations are distorted. Now, here's the other thing. You may are scared of commitment. And this is this is the rub. This is the big rub. Because look, you know, <laughs> you know, you've got to pray about it. You got to look at this. You got to take a chance. And luckily, if you're a believer, Romans 8:28 will cover you. And if you really trust in that and, and trust in the Lord, you're going to be taken care of. And one of the things that a lot of young men come to me and say, hey, McIntyre, how do I become a millionaire by the time I'm 30? And I say, okay, let's look at that. You know, you're 24 years old, you're 26 years old, you're 28 years old, okay? Are you dating? No. Why not? Well, it just hasn't worked out. Why hasn't it worked out? Well, you know, I go out with these people and, and you know, nobody wants to travel with me, nobody wants to do this, or they, you know, they're really... They're very, you know, particular. And I, you know, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I, I'm not born of the Holy Spirit yet. I, I'm born again Christian, but I, I don't speak in tongues. Listen, that's another su subject that we're going to get into. But, you know, then maybe you go out there and, and reassess yourself and take a look at that. It's real important, though, to be realistic, have realistic expectations. Maybe one of the things that God, I believe, put in men is you should have three things that you should provide for a woman. Number one is protection. You need to protect her. You need to be able to take to sacrifice your life for that woman. Number two, you need to provide for that woman. You need to make a good living. Now, I realize there's some women out there that make a great living, make millions of dollars a year. And maybe the, maybe the man only makes a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. That's okay if you can swallow that. If you if you can humble yourself and check your ego, that's okay. But some men can't do that. And that's another self-assessment, okay? That's, maybe it's a blind spot with you.
Maybe, maybe not. Okay. Uh, the third thing is you're to defend your country. So if we go to war as a young man, okay, you need to put on a uniform and go defend this country. Those are the three things I believe God wants you to do. Now, that's my belief. You don't have to take that, but I believe that's true. And so a woman, okay, God made this, I think, believe it or not, but a woman looks for those attributes in a man that he makes a good living. Okay. He hustles. He, he, you know, no woman wants to go out with a broke. Sorry, fellas. They just don't. Okay. Now that doesn't mean you need to be Elon Musk money, but you need to have a dollar 95 in your bank account and have your bills paid and, and have, have a future and have a plan, whether it's a business or a degree or an entrepreneurship or you're in a C-suite or gunning for that C-suite or at least making a decent living. And now not everybody, you know, I'm not saying women are gold diggers. Okay. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying though, is you need to be able to provide. And I know sometimes it takes two incomes to provide. That's okay in the short term, in the early years, but you need to be able to provide. It's a big deal. It really is. And I know I'm going to get some blowback for that and bring it on. I'm welcome for that. All right. So really assess what you're looking for. Okay. Don't be picky. Don't, don't get into this because if you start letting Satan into your heart and start looking at this girl and looking at this woman and say, oh, well, well, she doesn't have this. She doesn't have that. Really? Really? How about this? How about statistics show Pew, Pew research shows that men live almost 20% longer than single that are married than single men. And fact that men who get married in their twenties, okay. Or early thirties, okay. Are much more financially successful by almost 50% than their single counterparts. That's right. I said it. And it baffles me that they're single women in churches that are 25 years old and aren't dating or have a ring on it. And there's single men in that church that are not engaged with those women. That just baffles me. So here's what I did. One of the times in NLE, Next Level Experience, which we got another one coming up. Check it out. Um, I gave a challenge to this young man. I think he was like 28 or 30. Okay. And he didn't look like Bradley Cooper, Brad Pitt, but he also didn't like, he didn't look like Shrek either. You know? And I said, look, he said, I just want to get married. I just want to get married. I want to have family. I said, I get it, bro. I get it. That's God's plan for you too. Be fruitful and multiply. Come on, Jesus. And so I said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to challenge. I said, did you ask anybody out? He goes, no, I haven't asked anybody out. It's okay. All right. So, you know, he said, I'm really shy. I said, well, you got to get over that. Okay. You got to walk through that fire. Cause look, the biggest, your biggest, your biggest breakthrough is on the other side of that biggest fear. And Satan is putting up that full wall for you. So it's your job to knock it down and I'm here to help you. And here's my challenge. I want you to get 40 no's in the next month. He said, what's that mean? I said, you need to go out and you need to ask 40 women out on a date. And he looked at me and said, are you serious? I said, I'm as a heart attack. I said, do you want to get married? He said, yes. Then you're going to have to go through a hell of a lot of no's. Because that's just the way it is. Listen, none of this stuff is easy. It's not supposed to be easy. So guess what he did? And I got a report back a couple months later. He's engaged. That's right. I said it. Now, I'm sure he dealt with a massive amount of rejection. And it wasn't pleasant, but he wants to get married. He wants to have children. He wants to raise a family. He wants to have this. How bad do you want to have it? 
Go get 40 no's, men. Listen, if you're 40 years old, you better go get 90 no's. Unless you can carry around your balance sheet on your forehead and it's got seven to eight figures on it. Because you're going to have to go through the gamut. But if you want to get married, if you really want to get married, then you're going to have to go through it. And you're going to have to lower your expectations. The older you get, the less expectations. You hit 3-0, men, lower that expectations. You hit 4-0, lower the expectations. You hit 45, man, you're looking at lottery odds to get what you want. So you need to really lower, lower those expectations. Not impossible. I'm just being speaking real to you. All right? All right. So let's go out there and get some no's. But look. If you want to make money, nothing wrong with making a lot of money. If you want to have a good life and you want to, and you know, I've had men say, you know, gosh, I just can't imagine being with one woman the rest of my life. Are you freaking stupid? Do you realize, did you just hear the stupidity that came out of your mouth? I mean, I think I'm talking to Satan. Let's get over this. What's a, one life, one wife, man. That's the way it's supposed to be here. Do you want to make money? Do you want to have something? Listen, I'll tell you right now, and I think I've shared this before. If I didn't get married, because I was really good. I was talented. I can make money, you know, and that was, you know, that's that's like on the top list of most women's checklist. The other is not looking like Shrek, you know, and I kind of hit both of those marks. But I knew, and I, I got coached, and, you know, my uncle, he said, man, he said, that girl is great for you. And Stacy was great for me. And I married that girl. And that's when I really started buckling down. That's when I really had a purpose. Has it always been easy? No. We've both been through challenges in our 38 years of marriage, but it's been fantastic. We got wealthy. We have three beautiful daughters. We have three amazing grandchildren and we want more. Yes, we want more. And so, yes, it's worth it. And that's where life is. It just is. All right, so let me talk to the women now. All right, ladies. <laughs> Here's the deal, okay? And a lot of the things that I said to the men hold true to you. And, you know, you need to get a self-assessment. You need to see where your expectations are. I know a lot of ladies, especially in our, in, in a lot of women in our church community, they've got to be saved. I get it. I understand that, okay? But don't split hairs on this. You know, maybe they went to Church of Christ. Maybe they, you know, maybe they're Catholic. Maybe they're, you know, Baptist. Maybe they're Methodist. Maybe they're the frozen chosen, that Presbyterian. Maybe they're, you know, uh, just a Bible church, but they don't believe in the Holy Spirit. They don't speak in tongues. They're, they're not out there doing street ministry. That's okay. How idealistic are you? Because ladies, listen, okay, you know, same way with the men. Your odds go down at each decade. Okay. And so, yes, you need to find a man that is a godly man, 100%. 100%. Have a, have a man that's real and speak real talk uh, and have a man that's ready to provide, protect, and defend. Absolutely. 100%. Now, you need to also have realistic expectations. So get an assessment. Find somebody that you love and you trust and get that assessment. All right. I know it's not easy. I understand that. And, you know, you might have to go through a lot of frogs to find your prince. And that's just the way it is. It truly is. And I don't know, you know, now sometimes there's some people out there that, boom, they've been dating since they're, you know, 
you know, uh, in kindergarten, they, you know, they, they fell in love in kindergarten and waited until they're 18 and got married. I've heard of people that way. And then that's fantastic. You know, that's really awesome. And there's other people that had the, had the whole, you know, the hallmark romance and it all came out beautiful and everybody looks beautiful and that's great. And that's really good, but not for everybody. It's not that great. And so I just want you to know that first of all, you know, there is a man out there for you ladies that are looking for one. There is, there really, really is. There's somebody for everybody. How are your expectations? What is what is it that you want? Do they have to speak in tongues? Do they have to be, you know, have they have they do they go to Bible study four times a year? Are they involved in the men's group? Are they, you know, going into the conferences? Are they seeing, are they, you know, streaming and or going out to, you know, Bill Johnson's deal? Are they following? You know, sometimes we put up these expectations that are unrealistic. Yeah, that's right. I said it. And ladies do the same thing. Take a self-assessment. And look, if you're looking, if you're out there, you want to find a mate, you want to find a husband, you want to find a wife, okay, take care of yourself, be the best you can be, get a good self-assessment, yeah, come to next level experience. I know some of you have, you know, we've had more marriages happen in next level experience. We've had people come out of there. I think we had like five this last year of people who got married. Some of them met at NLE. Some of them just came home and they realized they had their girlfriend go and the boyfriend went and it's like, Oh my God, I've been a stupid idiot. Let's get married. What am I afraid of? Cause I, you know, truly, what are you afraid of? A commitment? Wow. Jeez. The Bible talks about commitment. Are you ready to go all in? Or are you going to let Satan deter you? Oh, man, but how do I know, McIntyre, that she's the right one? How do I know that he's the right one? Well, sometimes you don't. You don't. And you just hope and pray that it works. You know, some people say, hey, be with that person through every season. Okay, I get that. That's a year. Okay, I could see that. Now, some people say, hey, you know, you know when you know. And that's the, and maybe you do. Maybe you get the Holy Spirit, you know, takes care of that for you. But look. And I'm mostly talking to the men here. Grow up, be mature. If you're not married, if you're over 35, you got issues. You need to get them addressed. And you need to get out there and get some no's, bro. Yeah, come on. If you want to. Or you want to be celibate the rest of your life and be single. Okay, Paul says it's fine. Wasn't for me. Celibacy wasn't for me. Being single is not for me. I love being married. I love being with my brunette. I love her. Life is better and richer and more beautiful with children, with grandchildren. Yeah. So some of these people might not like this, but I don't care. I, this is what I believe. I believe this is biblical. And, you know, go ahead, send me the email that says it's not. All right. Uh, let's talk about six things success demands. All right. That, that's, that's, my, that's my spiel on married marriage. And I listen, I'll go into more detail. If you want to be coached in this process, I'll coach you. Yeah. Stacy and I will coach you, whether you're, you know, a young man or a young lady, I'll co we'll coach you because we are all about being married and being fruitful and multiply. And not only fruit, fruitful is making more money. Yeah. Fruitful is having a home, adding to society. Multiply is having children, man. Come on. And then those children have children, and that's how it rolls. All right, so let's talk about the success. I, I published a thing this week about the six things, uh, success demands six things of us. And I want to go through these, and I just want to talk to about them real quick because I think it's real important. And the first one is hard work. Yeah, so hard work. You know, don't believe in luck. I said believe in hard work. 
listen, there's no, there's no, there's nothing that replaces hard work. And hence the word hard and the word work. It's not easy, bro, sis. Okay. But it's not supposed to be easy. You got to work, man. You know, and I talk to people all the time. You got to be in a 5 a.m. club. You got to get up in the morning. I like 5 a.m., 5.15 a.m. I don't even set an alarm anymore. I'm in bed by 10.30, 11 o'clock at the latest. Man, I'm up at 4.30, 5.15, you know, every morning. I don't even set an alarm. I love it because I can get out there and make stuff happen. I can take my time. I can spend a little bit, uh, a few minutes with Jesus, uh, drink my coffee, look at my right-wing news, and uh, yeah, hard work. And then I got the day, man. I'm on it. I'm on it. I'm like, let's go. Let's go, baby. Let's go. This is my passion. This is what God made me to do. I love doing that. Hard work. It's good. I call it active work as well. All right, patience. Second thing is patience. If you are losing your patience, then you're losing the business, man. You're losing the battle. Patience. Listen, that's one of my biggest things that I, you know, being patient and being impatient in my patience. <laughs> it's not been easy, but it's true. And I, I've had it fall out. I've had it play out this last, I, you know, we've got this television show that we we're doing we're producing it's called the accelerator and i've got a great team we've got a great we got an amazing team we got some great producers and executive producers and i got this great filming crew um and they're doing some edits and none of it happens as quickly as i'd like it to happen and so stacy's been coaching me and i've just been praying to jesus giving it to jesus say okay i gotta just chill man because it's like you know it's been like six weeks five weeks and things keep coming up and I'm not a big person that really enjoys excuses. I'm just not, you know, I think excuses are seducers to mediocrity. So I've had to learn to just, you know, chill on this. You know, we've been spending money like the Federal Reserve on this thing, and so I'm ready for it to come out. Uh, but I got a great team, and I'm grateful for that. So patience. If you're losing your patience, you're losing the battle. All right, the third thing in, in the success demand, six things, sacrifice. Ooh, baby. Yeah, this is when it, you got skin in the freaking game, baby. This is what separates the wheat from the chaff. If you don't sacrifice for what you want, then what you want becomes the sacrifice. Yeah, boom. If you don't want to sacrifice, man, for what you want, then what you want becomes a sacrifice. And you got to give it. You got to give the pound of flesh. There's no way around it. I don't care. It just, it just, you know, there's no other way around it. You can talk to everybody that's made millions and billions of dollars. They're sacrifice, man. And, you know, God says we need to give sacrificially, not only with our money, with our time, but with our efforts and with our gifts. Yeah, come on, sacrifice. All right, the fourth thing is consistency. Consistency is what transfers average to excellence. Yeah, it transfers average to excellence. And consistency. That's why McDonald's is the number one hamburger restaurant on the planet. It's not because their stuff tastes great, but it also, you don't, you know, you're not going to blow chow after you grab a Big Mac. It'll get the job done. But they're consistent. If you show up in Shanghai, if you show up in Bangladesh, if you show up in Denton, Texas, or in New York City, or Los Angeles, or Kalispad, uh, California, or wherever <laughs> the Mickey D's at, you got to get the same thing pretty much because it's consistent. And that's why they have made a huge, huge dynasty of a hamburger joint. All right. The fifth thing, discipline. Listen, I was out there jogging today and filmed it. You know, it was 101 degrees. 
And somebody said, man, it was hot out there today. I said, man, yesterday was 107. Get out there in that. And I did. All right. So it's called discipline. I love self-discipline. Motivation gets you there. It does. Motivation gets you going. But discipline keeps you going. And this is what separates everything. The rich from the brokes. The brokes from the rich. The people who are almost going to make it, the happily married people, the people who get divorced, the people who who jump into the game and are married and have a wonderful family, and the people who sit on the sidelines because they're scared to death because they don't have any discipline. Yeah, discipline's a major point. It's the structure. It's the whole frame around your life, which which benefits your family, your faith, your relationships, your temple, your money, discipline. Motivation's great, but discipline keeps you going. Learn how to dis dis discipline yourself. Uh, you know, promises made, promises kept. Your biggest thing is to keep your promise to yourself because we lie to ourselves more than we lie to anybody else. We break more promises to ourselves than anybody else. Okay, self-confidence, number six. The sixth thing, the sixth thing that is a must in success demands in, and that is self-confidence. Yeah, so good. And I always say, you know, listen, you bring God in with that, and it's called Godfidence. Confidence, Godfidence is not is not this. Quote, they like, they will like me. Confidence is, quote, I'll be fine if they don't. Because look, you're always going to have a troll. You're always going to have somebody, yeah, right, uh, cynic. You're going to have somebody that has, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't really believe in what you do because of their own insecurities. Generally, when people don't like somebody, it's the thing that they hate in themselves. Yeah, that's right. I said it. Okay, so confidence, man. Half confidence. It's not like, that. hey, they're going to like me. It's okay if they don't like me because here's what I am. I'm on this mission. Excuse me. I'm on this mission, and I'm going to fulfill this mission. And if they like it, great. If they don't like it, that's great too. And we're going to rock. We're going to go because I believe in this mission. I believe in this vision. I've got this handled. Okay, I'm going to come out and give this speech in front of these people. And listen, I've been out in front of people before and some people didn't like it. You could tell by their body language. You know, your body language don't lie. Your, your mind can lie to you, but your body can't. And you can see it on people, man. I've been in front of people, you know, and I have people fall asleep. I've had people, you know, furl their eyebrows i've had people shake their head i've had people have horrible rbfs man and listen i didn't care what i cared about is if i'm honoring my father yeah as long as i'm taking care of god and i'm blessing jesus in this process i'm all good and and sometimes if i if i steer off course man i've got a coach that says hey bro okay you're almost there but you kind of stepped in it and let me share that. Do I like hearing that? No, I don't, but I need to hear that. All right. I hope you got some out of this. I hope I ruffled some feathers, men. I hope I did. It meant to. And I hope you heard it. And uh, maybe pass it on to some somebody out there that's 35 years old or 40 years old or 45 years old and just as, as picky as I'll get out. Get a self-assessment, Shrek. <laughs> Make sure you know what ballpark you're batting in. Come on, Jesus. All right. Listen, thanks for thanks for listening, man. God bless you. Next week's going to even be better, I promise you. Go out there and make it and show up big for him today. Yeah? How big a boy are you? How big a girl are you? Come on. You can do it. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. 
listening to the Next Level Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share. For more resources to help you maintain your next level life, join our community at themichaelmcintyre.com.